Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. I pray, Lord, in the next few moments that we have together, that you would come and Holy Spirit, you'd lead us, direct us, guide us. We just invite you where we need to be encouraged, would, would you encourage us? Where we need to be challenged, would you challenge us? Whatever you want to do, our answer and response is yes. Yes, Lord. We love you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it is good to be home. Um, if you were away the last couple of weeks, I'd just uh, bring you up to speed. I was in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, the capital of Costa Rica, and we were hosting the Resound Conference down there last weekend. And man, we had a crazy good time. It was just fantastic. From, from our family, uh, John Fitch was with me and Josh Bador. And you guys would have been so proud of those guys. I mean, just the way that they loved and ministered and served um, was just incredible. I mean, not only did they represent the Lord so well, but they just represented this church so well. So you would have been so proud of these guys. I, I just had the best time traveling with them. I mean, uh, just uh, just a great time. And um, uh, from other parts of the country, we actually had Daniel Bashta from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, fly in, and Anthony Skinner and his wife Mary Kate from Nashville, Tennessee, and they they flew in, and we just uh, just had a fabulous time. And um, so, what I want to do this morning is this: when I've returned from trips in the past, I've I've had some people come to me and they just said, "Hey, we, we actually we really love to hear the stories and the testimonies because I never know how much to share and you know how much people are enjoying and at what point am I boring people to death?" But you know, some of you have been so good to come to me and just said, "No, it, it's it's we want to hear it. We want to hear what the Lord's saying." We want to hear what he's doing. And so what I really would just want to do this morning is show you some pictures and tell you some stories and just kind of brag on the Lord a little bit. Is that okay? Okay. We'll just do that. We've been, man, this has been an incredible year for us, uh, both at Vine Life and Resound and, man, all over the world as it's growing. Um, The first picture, I'll just show you what we do uh, one of the things that's so important to us when we travel is before we do a conference, before we you know, get on a stage and play music and uh, give talks and that sort of thing, one of the things that's so important is just for us to just walk the streets and meet people and go into homes and um, just love people, you know? And this, this uh, area in particular, it's, it's a ghetto, and, and you see... Um, if you could zoom in closer, you would see it's just full of shanties uh, and shacks, and it's a very, very, very poor area, probably the poorest of the poor. Um, what you see down in that valley is as bad of, as anything I've ever seen in the world, and I've been many places. And then you see up the top of the hill, that white building at, at the very top. As soon as you reach the crest of the hill, then it turns into wealth, and those are actually very, very nice apartments. And for the past seven years, this guy, uh, this pastor by the name of Rodney and his wife, Cindy, they've uh, just been serving this ghetto in this area for about seven years now. 
And they are just the, the most fantastic people to me. They're very small in stature, but very mighty in the spirit and full of faith. And he's just been serving faithfully. And he walks that ghetto almost every day. And, and it's a real, um, honestly, it's a very dangerous area. Uh, without Rodney, I just wouldn't dare go through there. But he's just won their hearts and their love and their respect, whether they're believers or not in that city. And uh, a couple years ago, he showed me his uh, uh, his church plant, and it was uh, a couple years ago he was able to secure a building, and down right in the middle of it all by the river was he just secured this as like twelve by twelve shack, and that was that was the church, you know. And a couple years ago, he showed us here's the church, and and the, they had one light, you know, and it was uh, just a twelve by twelve shack, and that that was it. You know, and in two years' time, um, that church has actually turned into the store, and the the church itself now is at the top of the hill, and they have this new building, and it and it seats over a hundred people, and they have this after school programs where they teach kids about computer and how to make healthy choices and this sort of thing, and man, just two years' time, the the. What has happened in the fruit of their ministry has just been amazing. I felt so honored to be with Rodney. I mean, it's just incredible. We, we went into that store, the little community store, and um, there were some ladies in there shopping, and we prayed with them, and then one of them, they figured out who we were, and they stopped, and they said, the Lord sent me into the store today. I believe you have a word for me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Okay. Maybe I do. Uh, let's pray. <laughs> and so we, we prayed for her. And um, I said this. I, I said, here's, here's what I'm getting. I, I said, I feel like you've, you've been under curses and people uh, have been speaking against you. And there's witchcraft set against your life. And does that make sense to you? And she just started crying. She's like, absolutely. How would you know that? And um, So me and the guys, we just broke that off of her. You know, and just we just... Just prayed over her and just took authority over everything the enemy was doing and saying to her and just all the, the curses and things spoken against her life. He broke it off of her. You sensed the presence of the Lord come and there's just this new joy. We prayed depression off of her and she was just all smiles by the time we were done. And what was great is we were then able to connect with Rodney. We said, he's the pastor in this community. You need to connect with him and he's going to teach you now how to walk this out. And we're going to leave, but you need to, you know, get close to these people. And so she promised that she would. And, and, and that was just an incredible, incredible time. And uh, and then we moved on. We kind of just walking through the city streets. And uh, one, uh, one uh, story I'll, I'll share with you quickly. Yeah, here you go. And you see Josh Bador at the top. And and there I am praising the Lord. No, I wasn't. I was just kind of cheering John on. He was taking a picture for us. That, this was the home of a worship leader. In fact, he came to Christ a few years ago through Rodney, the pastor there, and his first worship album was the Vine Life Unplugged worship album. Wow. Right? And so it's so ministered to him that he actually tattooed the logo on his forearms. <laughs> he showed it to me. I'm like, I, I know that album. That's, that's us. So he was so moved by that, and um, he wanted us to come to his home. 
So we hiked up and went to his home, and they served us coffee, and we were able to pray with him and his family. And what, what you see there a couple weeks prior to that, this entire area, none of the homes have concrete foundations. And so it's just all built on the dirt, and this was up the side of the hill. And so what you saw there was there was a massive landslide that wiped out a bunch of homes, and somehow they secured that plastic, and they asked uh, me and the guys to help them drape that over the side of the hill. That red home, that's their house. And it, it comes out, and it actually is it's right at the very edge of their property, and so their hope was that somehow they could, they could stop uh, what was happening there and just kind of save their home. So we um, helped them with that and prayed over them. And, and then we kept going. We're just walking through. We spent probably several hours in that community. And then uh, we were uh, left there. We walked some more. I'll show this, this cute photo I took of this girl. Check that out. <laughs> Look at the rabbit's face. <laughs> the, the, the bunny didn't want prayer, but... Um, <laughs> the rest of them were happy to receive it. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I just can't get away from that photo. It's just amazing. Um, and then, then we met this lady at her house, and, and she, uh, just right around the corner from there, she had, she used to have a little corner store where she would sell, you know, candy and, and water and juices and, and just everyday items. And, um, so we began to talk with her, and uh, I noticed on her left wrist, her left wrist, it was just scarred up everywhere. There was just scars all over her left wrist. And we asked her, I, I just asked her, what happened? Tell, what was going on with your wrist? And she had no use of her wrist. I mean, she could move her fingers, but she couldn't pick anything up. She had no grip. She couldn't squeeze at all, and she told me the story. She said a few years ago, when she had a store, um, one night her son was kind of watching the store, and there was a guy. He was drunk and uh, high, just in a wreck, and he had a machete, and so he came to rob the store. And uh, what had happened is he was actually getting ready to attack her son, and she came out and she jumped in front of him, and she put her arms in the way of the machete and. She got her arm, you know, cut up pretty bad and lost use of her wrist. And, and so I just said, hey, could we pray for you? Why don't we pray for you? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be okay. And so we prayed one time. Just the guys and I just began to minister to her. And the first time I pray, she um, got real excited and she went, huh? And through Rodney, the interpreter, she said there was a pop in her wrist, while I was praying for it. And so I said, okay, we'll put both hands, one hand on this wrist of mine and the other hand here. And, I, you know, so she was holding both of my wrists and I said, all right, now squeeze. We want to see if they're the same. And so she's like, it's a little better, but it's not totally better. And so I said, well, can we keep praying? And so we prayed three or four times. And every time it's like, wow, a little better, a little better. And probably by, by the fourth or fifth time, I don't know, it was, that thing was totally better. She was able to grip my wrist. Yeah. So she's, and then she wouldn't stop. I mean, about, I, I almost lost feeling in my hands because she's like, oh, you know. 
and Rodney and his staff and his crew, they're like excited. You know, they're telling their friends, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And oh my gosh, you know, this, she can use her hand now. And she's crying and, you know, she's hugging us and kissing us. And it was just an amazing, amazing time, right? Cool, right? So <laughs> it was just, it was just uh, so, so cool. And um, man, that's just the stuff. And you walk through that area, and I, I just kept thinking, you know, the scripture, it says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, you know? And you walk through those areas, and you see gangs and drugs and guns and violence and all sorts of stuff. But man, there's this confidence and this grace and this anointing and this boldness that the Lord gives you that you're like, you, you're, you step into this like, okay, like, I think we're going to be okay. I mean, there you are, Lord. And man, it's if you haven't done this, you need to come with me and and do it because it's really for everybody. And uh, one of our next trips, maybe you can come and experience the same thing. It's just a fantastic time. And so then uh, after a couple days of ministry and we were actually preaching in some youth groups, and then, then we hosted the Resound Conference, and that's what you're seeing here. And uh, the first night of the conference, I was able to preach, and what I preached on was just uh, burning hearts, it was just kind of the title of my talk. And I just essentially said, look, we don't need better songs and better musicians. What we need is burning hearts. What we need is hearts that burn from the Lord. And, and I just said to them this, I said... I said, God the Father desires to, to establish his throne and, and release his power upon the lives of people who enthrone him in their hearts. And I said, really, that's all it takes. That's all the Lord is after. You know, when we burn for him, when he is ultimate, when he is everything, he just loves to enter that atmosphere and go, now watch what I can do, you know. And so, and I, so I kind of gave that challenge to the pastors and worship leaders. And they came forward for prayer, and we had a time of ministry. And it was just, we, we kicked off the first night of the concert. It's just a time of just consecration once again to the Lord. You know, and just a commitment together. You know, these are new friends and family in the Resound community. And we were just saying, Lord, once again, just you're number one. And there was so much deep ministry. And then the second night, um, John came and uh, John preached. And you saw a picture of John and there's, there's me leading worship. That is, it's, I tell you, it's so fun leading worship in other countries. And you see Daniel Bash on the left and this guy Chisco in the middle. His name's Chisco. He's the worship pastor in a church in the city. And he actually won last year the Costa Rican equivalent of a Grammy. So he was artist of the year in that country. And he has this supernatural um, story of how he came to the Lord. I mean, it was miracle after miracle, how God rescued him out of some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, before the conference, he pulled me aside one night and he said, Jason, can I tell you my story? And uh, come find me sometime. And it's a long story. I can share some of it with you. But he just had me in tears his story. He lost his father a couple years ago and how the Lord has saved him and rescued him. Um, one, one part of his story, I'll tell you real quickly. He, he was um, held up just, just before this 
and um, at gunpoint, some guys jumped in his car, put a gun to his head, and they said, drive, you know, and so he was driving out of the country, and they were going to take his car and, and kill him, and he tells the story of how he just began to worship the Lord and out loud pray for these guys while they had a gun to his head, and they're like, be quiet, stop that, are you one of those Christians? And he just didn't quit, I mean, he just went for it, started praying for these guys. Eventually, like the leader, he told them to pull over and they all jumped out of the car and ran. (laughs) So, So he had no idea where he was and... Um, well, so that was just one of his stories. So he's got story after story like that. And so it's just great, you know, and I was, I would lead in English and then he would lead in Spanish and Daniel would lead in English and then he would lead in Spanish. We just had this amazing time of worship that was just, uh, just incredible, just incredible. John, why don't you come and, uh, I know you had just some great stuff as well. Yeah. Good job. Hey. Hey, you guys. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, like Jason said, when we travel, uh, it's really important that we represent the church really well here and that we represent the kingdom really well, represent Christ really well. Amen? And so that is the mode of operation that we're in when we're on these trips, is uh, representing this house well, that we're, we're fun-loving people, but we love to worship, and uh, we're serious about the presence of God, about holiness, right? Yeah. And we, what happens is we see, uh, we'll step into these atmospheres in these churches and we'll, and we'll see what we've been fighting for uh, here in this church, just break through into these atmospheres. It's like because we fought for, for the presence in this house, God will give us the authority to just release the presence in these atmospheres when we travel. And so that's just awesome. Amen? Yeah. 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 We could give God a hand for that. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So God's, God's totally with us on these trips. And uh, the, the night, uh, the second night of the conference, I got to share, and uh, I talked about being, how Jesus wants to heal us fully, like spirit, soul, and body. He just wants to heal our whole person, you know, and that we're to worship God with our whole self. And, and uh, I love this, this quote that says, you know, when we're in the world, our senses will lead to sensuality. But when we're in the kingdom, our senses will lead to sensitivity. And we are teaching the worship pastors to not just use their senses to like feel the music, you know, or the or the, or the riffs, or the you know the, the hot licks, you know, but to, to use your senses to to feel when the presence is coming, and then to pursue that presence in the meeting, yeah. and to steward the presence well. And that was cool. Amen. So, so what I got to do at the end of the service is I did a little experiment, and I I thought it'd be cool to minister to all three levels of of the people attending. So. I released the baptism of the Holy Spirit over the whole audience, and you'll see some pictures on Facebook of everybody with their hands up receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I, I got to release um, the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord on the whole audience, and apparently depre- depression is a real big issue there. And then we had people stand up in the room that were experiencing pain in their bodies, and we released healing over them, and we saw about 80% of the people who stood healed in the room that were waving their hands that the pain had, been, had left their bodies. Amen? Yeah, let's give God a hand for that. And... What was really neat is uh, Chris Durnley, who's one of our main contacts down there. He's a, a brilliant man. He's, a, he's, he's got his master's degree in business from Harvard. You know, just a brilliant guy. has given his life to the poor and serving down there. But he pulled me aside afterwards. And uh, this is neat because we always try to give room for God to do some impossible things, right, in a meeting. You know, we give room for him to work. So, so a lot of what we do is a leap of faith, and, uh, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit thing, you know. But he said, you know, I, I was standing there. 
And I was just waiting, just seeing what the Lord was going to do. And when you release the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said, I literally felt something fall on my head. And he said, I've reached up. He said, I've never felt anything like it. He said, I reached up and felt to see if something had fallen on me. And then he suddenly realized that there was a heat just brewing over his head. And he felt a flame of the Spirit just burning on his head. <laughs> and so, yeah, praise God. So God showed up. And uh, we went for it. And God showed up. And a lot of lives were changed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thanks. Towards the end of the trip, we were talking to them about just hosting the presence of the Lord and, and even taking it from the church and into your homes and talking talk to them about just gathering and being a worshiping people. And um, so the last couple of days, I started getting emails with people. They were gathering in their homes, and they were taking pictures of it. And all these people were packing in homes and worshiping and praying for one another. One another. They would take pictures of it, and they would email it to it, and they would say, See, Pastor Jason, we, we took you serious. We're doing it. And it was like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's like payday right there. Chris Dernley, that Pastor Chris, he also said this to us, and, and this was important for us to realize, especially here. And he said, you guys don't realize the significance of your coming. And he said, I know in the States there's one thing. There's passion. There's the Willow Creek conferences. There's Saddleback. There, I mean, there's, there's Heaven Fest. There's whatever. He's like, it's a dime a dozen in the States, and we could probably hop online and find a dozen next weekend here in our country. But he said, you guys need to understand, it just doesn't happen here. And he said, our young people, our artists, our worship leaders, our pastors, you know, they watch these conferences and these gatherings of people to come and gather and worship the Lord together. They watch this stuff online, but they never get the chance to go see it. And be a part of it. And he's like, the fact that you guys would bring the Resound Conference here, he said, especially for our young people and the way it validates their journey and their pursuit of the Lord, he's like, it's huge. So it's, it's important for us to remember that here, right? Because I know it's easy for us to think like, oh, they're, you know, they just went and did a conference. So what? Like, I know it's kind of a so what in the States, but it just doesn't happen there. So for them, you know, they're just like, man, Thank you, thank you, thank you that you would come and bring this here in our city. And Chris, Chris was just saying to me, he's like, man, something was just launched in the spirit here this weekend. And he's like, man, I, I think we'll see what happens in the years to come. They're already asking us to come back. And uh, they're already planning for next year's conference and wanting us to come. So it was just just an incredible time. And so then after a very... Long, long six days, you know, a lot of ministry where, I mean, I, I think I probably preached seven times or so, and, you know, you pray for hundreds of people, and you're just worn out. So finally, we, we got to spend, you know, a couple of days by the pool and relax, and <laughs> uh, where's Josh? Josh? There you go. Love you. Love you. There is Josh getting a little pool time. All right, change that. That's, we don't need the... All right, we don't need that up for one more moment. But we did get a chance to hang out with some friends, just uh, spend a little time. It's important that you work hard and, and you minister and you pour yourself out, but it's also important that you, re- you relax and rest and, and enjoy the people and relationships that you're building, right? Last day of the conference, a young lady came up to me and she sat down. She's just so sincere. 
And she's got all these, you know, she's crying. She's full of tears. And she just says, I, I have a dream to one day be like you. And I, and I said, what do you mean be like me? And, and man, then this really grabbed me. She said, she said, you guys are, you're, you guys are like special. And she said, you're, you like, you're like spiritual giants. She said, we're, we're not like you. You, you have this great faith and, you know, you're so sure of God's power and you guys are special. And I'm, I'm trying not to fall over laughing, right? Because she was so sincere. I couldn't laugh at her, right? So I had to just kind of listen. And <laughs> then I had to, like, time out. Like, can I talk to you a minute? And I just said, look, I just need to assure you, I am so very, very, very <laughs> normal um, that you wouldn't believe it. I said, I, I give you permission. Go talk to John. Ask him to share stories with you about me. He's known me longer than anyone. I, like, I promise you, I'm just really, really normal. And I said, if there's anything special about me, I have just so fallen in love with Jesus over the last few years. So that's the only thing special that I have. It's like, I just love Jesus so much now. And how he saved me and rescued me. And, and I just was just speaking some truths over her life. So I said, man, if you feel ordinary and average, you are perfect for God to use you. I said, I've seen over the last couple of years, like one of God's, his favorite things. I think it may be one of his very favorite things to do is just to do extraordinary things through very ordinary people. I mean, he just loves it. Look, all throughout the scriptures, study church history, find these ordinary people, people that walk with a limp and God goes, but watch what I can do, Right? I was like, man, that's, that's all I had. And I, I just read Second Chronicles 16.9 over her, and it just says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I just said, look, that's all that God is looking for. He's just looking for a burning heart, a heart that burns for him, a heart that's fully committed to him. And isn't that funny is sometimes we think that we have to look for him and beg him to use us, right? And it's just not true. He's actually looking for us. It's God the Father that's just looking for a heart that's fully committed to him. And when he finds that, he comes and he goes, watch what I can do now. You know? It's what happens. And, and, but she just went on. She wouldn't let it go. She's like, but still, you just seem so confident that God's going to use you, you know? And I said, she's like, you just seem so sure. You step out there and you seem so sure all the time. And I I said, I promise you, I'm not always sure. I've just embraced the possibility. God doesn't need us to be sure. And he's not waiting to use us until... We're absolutely 100% sure. What he's just looking for is that we would open our hearts once again to the possibility. And for some of us in the church, especially in the American church, we've even rejected and walked away from the possibility. 
We've actually come to a place, we wouldn't verbalize it, and we would never like speak it out loud, but there's a place inside of us where something has gripped our hearts, disappointment, something has gripped our hearts in some way, shape, or form. And, and the truth is, there's places in us where we're like, I'm not even sure it's possible anymore. And I just, I told her, I said, I'm not always sure when I step out these days. And sometimes I get it wrong, but I'm just, I'm just awakening my heart to the possibility. And, and here's what I want you to see. Let's, let's go together to 1 Samuel 14, verse 1. I want you to see this. And actually go there in your Bibles if you would, because I want you to look at it and study it yourself and ask the Lord to speak to you. 1 Samuel 14, I'll give you a minute. For Samuel 14, verse 1, and, and, and it says this. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, Let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men. Then he gives some detail about that. Jump down to verse 6. I want you to see this. Verse 6. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps, everyone say perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Catch that. Let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. And so here's Jonathan with his armor bearer. And there's this ravine. And here's the army of the Lord. And he looks across and he sees the enemy of the Lord. And he sees what lies in opposition to the kingdom of God and to the army of God. And he says this to his armor bearer, let's just walk over there and perhaps God will show up. I mean, do you get this? Let's risk our lives on a perhaps. There was no guarantee. He even says, we'll walk over there and if they say to us, come up here, surely the Lord has given them to our hands. But if they say, stay down there, like, we're dead. But perhaps. Right? And for some of us, we buy into this lie that it's just okay to wait to step out and act until God guarantees us the outcome. And the Lord would say to us, his kids, I, I'm good with a perhaps. Like, <laughs> that's all you need. This girl was just saying to me, like, you're just this spiritual giant. I was like, no, I'm not. 
I've just embraced the perhaps. Man, I can't pray for that person in the store and I can't, you know, I can't buy that property or sell that property or take that job or quit that job or make that leap or give that word or or whatever it is because like I might look stupid or maybe God's not going to answer that but perhaps he will. And of course we always move and operate and just want to walk with the spirit of love and humility. But some of us were so afraid to step out there because we're not sure of the outcome. And I, and I love Jonathan challenges us here. What if we would just open our heart once again to the possibility? Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Man, and if there's anything I've done over this, this past season of my life is I've just awakened again to the perhaps. So I find myself throughout my day and around the city and just having these encounters with people and however it shows up. And there's always that moment of, oh, this could look really bad and God may not show up here. But now I'm I'm carrying this, but perhaps he will. And you know, that's enough. That's enough. And I know, I get it. Like for some of us, we've journeyed with the Lord a long time. We've gone, man, I've gone down there. I've, I've stepped out there. I've prayed that prayer and it just didn't go well. And it didn't look good. And it didn't turn out right. But, but can I tell you, you're still here today, right? And he's still good. And he's still the same. And even in the midst of your disappointments, perhaps God could breathe life in those places. Perhaps this could be a place and a community and a family that just learn to embrace the perhaps every day, everywhere. Amen? All right, let's pray. And just as always, I I would ask you to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit here. This, a talk like this, it lands differently for all of us, doesn't it? Different places, different moments, different areas of our hearts. And so we ask, Father, that you'd speak to us. Lord, encourage us this morning. I pray that these testimonies and stories would just encourage your people, Lord. That you would use them, Lord, to breathe faith into our hearts. I thank you, Daddy, that you're not waiting for us to be spiritual giants before you use us. You just want us to embrace the perhaps. Help us, Lord. Help us in the coming days and months. Give us courage. Make us bold, Lord. Make us bold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Jay.